Good evening, brethren. Good evening. We greet those of you who have joined us on live stream for the special event, the special occasion. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to preach bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Now, the world may think it strange that anyone would want to meet on New Year's Eve to pray and sing and praise God and to preach the word with all readiness. But this is not a strange occurrence to those who live by faith. And I'm thankful for the freedom that God has given us in Christ Jesus to be able to do this. At midnight will I rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. The psalmist writes in Psalm 119, verse 62. And I found that the Psalms, see, they actually, they contain practically every scenario we can experience living by faith in Christ. And I'm glad that tonight we can enter into this word from God. Now this evening we're continuing our series on the person of Jesus Christ, looking at the Son of God and looking at him rightly, considering him, what he will do, what, why he's doing it, what he's done, what, what his person entails, being transformed by gazing upon the Son of the everlasting God. There are quite a few presentations of Christ today that men promote that you'll find with a discerning ear are different than the record presents it. This is the record that God has given of his son. It's a record. Anything that people say Jesus is doing that the record doesn't say he's doing is another gospel. Any, any presentation that men make of Jesus that isn't contained in the record is another Jesus. Yes. So tonight I want to speak the truth as it is in Christ Jesus. I want it to line up perfectly with what God's revealed about his son. And I ask, would ask you all to join me in prayer before we continue. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful to, for the privilege of looking into the things that are eternal. Lord, we know that many righteous men and, and many men in time past desired to look into these things and were in, unable to see them. But Lord, in this day of salvation, in this great day of salvation, we're able to look into eternal realities. We're able to see the, what is the height and the depth and the width and the length and the breadth of our salvation. And we're able to know you and to understand you. We're able to, we have the mind of Christ. We've been set free. We've been seated in high places. We're able to walk about Mount Zion and, 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 and look at her bulwarks and, 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 and gaze upon this holy city and to be transformed into your very likeness. And for this, we are eternally grateful and thankful. So pray, Lord, that you would be on my lips tonight, that you would put a coal to them, that these would be 
things that would edify your people and the things that would uh, serve to benefit your people all over the world, even principalities and powers and angels and, and spirits of just men made perfect that are looking up on these things that desire to look into these meetings. Lord, we pray that you would bless them, that that this would be a blessed word, that it would be well pleasing to you. We ask this in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Behold. Behold. The word demands a person's focus. When God says, behold, it means drop everything that you're thinking about. Drop everything that you're occupied with. Drop everything that's got your attention over here. Drop it all. And look, look at me. Behold, behold, turn your focus onto this. Direct your attention to this. Not just turn your focus, fix your focus. Fix it. Get a real good look at it. Jesus is saying here, he's saying, think long and think hard about what I'm about to say to you. Think long and hard about it. Don't just glance at it. Behold, it's a concentrated, it's an intentional, a continual, a sustained focus. Behold, I come as a thief. The words following behold, Jesus Coming as a thief? While a lot of people portray Jesus coming to reign on the earth in a millennial kingdom for our first consideration, and some portray Jesus as rapturing the church off the earth while the wicked remain, and some portray Jesus as the battle of Armageddon, all of which, by the way, are serious deviations from the record. While some people are portraying all these strange first thoughts about the coming of the Lord, Jesus wants us to focus on this thought. He is coming as a thief. Now, a thief is someone who takes something that doesn't belong to them, usually secretly, without the property owner's knowledge and obviously against their will. Sometimes they steal something, someone's property openly and by violence or excessive force. We would call that person a robber. But you see, all things belong to him. All things were made by him and for him. And by him, all things consist. It doesn't say that Jesus is a thief. It says that Jesus is coming as a thief. And other versions say he's coming like a thief. And this is consistent with the rest of Scripture, too. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2. For, you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. As a thief. And much different than other verses. Consider this verse. Jesus said, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief. And a robber. 
that Jesus is coming as a thief. See, the idea here is twofold. Is that Jesus Christ is coming at a time that the disobedient, ungodly, and even supposed Christian people who are not living by faith will be completely unaware of and unprepared for because they're in darkness. And number two, his coming will result for such people in total and absolute loss, a taking away of what they were given, even their very life. Continuing in 1 Thessalonians, for when they shall say, peace and safety, that's to say they concluded, everything couldn't be better. They were totally ignorant of the reality that was about to come upon them. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child. Quick, immediate, devastating consequences that they were completely unprepared for. This destruction, this doesn't mean annihilation. It means to rob a person of all of their utility. If I smash my car into a pile of scrap metal, I couldn't use it to drive to work anymore. It would, it would compete, be completely destroyed and robbed of its utility, what it was once used for. It, the car would still exist, but it would be in a perpetual state of uselessness. Yeah. See, some men were busy putting their bodies at use for their own agendas, for their own will, living their own life separate from the life of what God wants. And when destruction came, they were unable to do that anymore. A woman in travail. You know, a woman in travail is in immense pain and at that moment incapable of even standing. Now, I asked Sister Tanya what she was able to do when she was in travail. And she said, pretty much lie there in pain until it's over. And you know, all pregnant women eventually have travail. It's only, see, this is only a matter of time. This is only a matter of time, and the sudden destruction is coming upon people who are unaware of it. It's coming. If you become spotted by the world and it isn't remedied, destruction is coming. Sudden destruction cometh upon them and they shall not escape. See, there's no, there's no way out of this once it comes. That's it. Now is the time for escaping. Now is the day of a salvation. Now is the, the time that God has made a way. He's made a way out. He's made, he's made a way. When he returns, those who are clean, they'll be clean still. And those who are filthy, they'll be filthy still. There's going to be a resurrection of life. And there's going to be a resurrection of damnation. It's going to happen. The goats are going to be on the left hand. And the sheep are going to be on the right hand. The righteous are going to forever be righteous. They're going to forever shine in the kingdom of our God. But the damned will go away into everlasting torment, prepared for the devil and his angels in a fixed state. 
Elsewhere, Jesus himself spoke of the unpreparedness of the unbelieving world at the advent of his coming. And he likened it to the, to the old world that perished in the flood. He said, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. Jesus is coming back as a thief. Sudden and unexpected destruction. Besides the flood, this kind of warning to us is seen all throughout the scriptures. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed suddenly and without any warning by fire from heaven, unknown to its ungodly inhabitants until it came upon them. Although there was one who was told about it and who did know and who did escape. We'll get to that later. Those who had not made themselves ready in Egypt lost their firstborn child at the midnight hour when Egypt slept. When the Benjamites at Baal Tamar pursued Israel, they were taken unexpectedly in an ambush. The prophet Isaiah records one angel slaying 185,000 men in one night. Job spoke a prophetic word concerning this sudden and unexpected destruction. He said, in a moment shall they die and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, was overthrown in one night unexpectedly by the Persians. The night began with a feast Enjoying the spoils of Israel, just drinking out a, a few of their cups. And it ended up with them being weighed in the balances and found wanting. And these warnings are not limited to people who are blatant, ungodly sinners. Jesus warns those who follow, follow after him. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves lest that at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life so that that day come upon you unaware. The, the more of this world you've got in your heart, the less prepared you will be for the coming of the Lord. And if you're not prepared for the coming of the Lord, when he comes, you will not enter in. Consider the five foolish virgins who by all means had this appearance of devotion to God. They were virgins after all. They, had, they went out to meet the bridegroom, but they were not prepared for an extended wait and did not enter in when the bridegroom came at midnight because of it. So you have to live prepared for Jesus to return. And what, is that, what does that preparation look like? Does that mean we just sell everything we have and sit on a stump in our front yard? Is that what that means? No, we live ready. We live, re we live in a way that when it, whenever Jesus comes back, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 50 years from now, we'll be ready. Yeah. Be ready for his return. Jesus said, be therefore ready also yeah. for the son of man cometh at an hour when you think not. So when, per when a person says, 
Oh, he's coming at this time. Or that, that's a lie. He's not coming at that time. It's at a time you think not. Be ready. What does it mean for a person to be ready to watch? Let's consider that. A person who is ready has their sins forgiven and their garments washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Ready to stand before God. Having a clean conscience. Ready to stand before God and give an account for the deeds done in the body. A person who is ready is not in bondage to sin. Not enslaved to sin. A ready person has been set free. A person who is ready does not have their affection, their desire set and fixed on the things of the world. See, they're dead to the world and alive unto God. We're, we're not responsive to the world the way we used to be. We're alive unto God. We're ready. A person who is ready is actively doing and seeking the will of God and not their own will. They prefer God. Over everything, over everything and everyone. They prefer him. Do you prefer God over everything? You're ready. You're ready. In fact, a person who is ready has offered up their whole life. You offer up your whole life as a living sacrifice to him. Not living for yourself anymore. Living for God. A person who is ready is keeping themselves unspotted from the world, undefiled. This is what Jesus meant when he said, Blessed is he who watches and keepeth his garments. Mm -hmm. Keeps his garments. He said of some, even in Sardis, Mm -hmm. that they were worthy Mm -hmm. to walk with him because they kept their garments undefiled. Have you, have you kept your, are you keeping your garments undefiled? We're getting ready for the return of the Lord. They have, those who are ready have come out from among them. And they're separate and they, they've touched not the unclean thing. They're ready to be received. A person who is ready is living by faith, not by sight. They're, they're living according to the dictates of the spirit. They're not living according to the dictates of the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. It's getting ready. Ready for his return. A person who is ready is not in the darkness. No one can walk in the darkness and be ready for Christ's return. That day will overtake you as a thief. But he walks in the light, even as he is in the light. He has fellowship with Christ. He's getting ready for his return. A person who is ready is not idle, but actively involved. There's a participation that's involved. Actively engaged in the work of the kingdom. Actively, profitably exchanging the things that the Lord has given you. Profitable, bringing forth fruit unto God. Being ready you know, some people say that they're Christians, but they're not ready for his coming. It's not enough just to make a profession of faith. You have to have a possession of faith. A living and an active readiness. See, some just have a little bit of God. A little praying. A little morning devotion. A church visit on Sunday. 
maybe, maybe believing parents. But the little that they do have, they're not really fully invested. They haven't really fully invested their self in it. They don't give themselves wholeheartedly to it. And so they aren't profitable in what they've been given. When Jesus comes back as a thief, he's going to take that thing away and he's going to give it to another. Like he tore the kingdom from King Saul and gave it to another. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that that he hath. Just as in this parable of the talents, the man who hid his talent in the sand, his Lord entrusted him with something. It was just one talent. It was just one talent. He entrusted him with it. And what did he do with it? Did he use it for the Lord? Was he actively involved with it? He hid it in the sand. And when his master returned, it was taken from him and given to the one that had 10 talents. Jesus also speaking in conclusion to the rebellious and unfaithful vineyard owner said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Brothers and sisters, I suppose that on that day he returns, a lot of us are going to have a few things to pick up on that day. If God has given you something, he expects an increase and a return on his investment. And he will get a return on it one way or another. Whether you do something with it or whether the person he gives it to will do something with it. His kingdom will increase. Of the, of the increase of this, his government, there shall be no end. And so Jesus is coming as a thief, but he's also coming as a rewarder. If we are in the light, that day will not take us by surprise. Jesus will not take away anything from you when he returns. Those of us who are faithful and ready... Just think of the things you're going to receive when Jesus comes back again. The treasure that you've laid up in heaven, it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. The exceeding weight of glory that was worked by your light and momentary affliction. That, that's waiting for you. He says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to what his work shall be. How about an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away? I'm looking forward to that. How about this? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Jesus is bringing this with him when he comes. He's bringing it with him, a crown of life, a reigning position with Christ. How about a robe and a harp and a, and a new unique name? Your name written in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. Yes. I'm looking forward to receiving that white stone Amen. with a new name that no one knows except for you and God. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. A new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come home.
For there's a new name that's written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, never more to roam. Amen. How about all things? You'll inherit all things. This isn't a fearful thing for us, the coming of the Lord. For those of us who have made themselves ready. Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about your reward in heaven? Doesn't it make you beam and just... It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. But ye, brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, what's the conclusion to that? Let us not sleep as those do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let's keep these things fresh in our minds. Let's watch and be sober. The signs of the times are all around us. Wars and rumors of wars and signs in the heavens and signs on the earth and perplexity. We know perfectly that the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Don't get swept up in this generation's everyday Mm ho-hum, everyday life. Let's keep our focus fixed on Christ. And continue to live by faith as we run with patience the race that is set before us. God has provided us with with many good things this year, brethren. Good testimonies. Testimonies of his working brethren testifying that the Lord was with them. That the Lord did this. God has given us a year of increase in the knowledge of himself. In the excellent knowledge of himself. I'm not the same that I was last year. I'm not the same that I was last year. I'm I'm wiser. I'm stronger. I'm I'm more like God than I was last year. And I give God thanks for it. And many of you fellowship with me on that. We're growing together in these things. And all these things are in order that we would expect the working of the Lord in this next following year or if he should come if he should come even even in this midnight hour if he should come the world that lies in darkness dim cannot at all perceive the advent nigh approaching them that's coming as a thief While it may appear the things down here in peace and safety stand, there comes a day to their dismay of doom upon this land. The wicked and the worldly man's agendas all will cease. Everyone whose works were done in service to the beast. The things they did in darkness hid now brought forth in the light. Not one of them could stand to him, much less attempt to fight. 
He took the things he gave to them entrusted on the earth and gave them to the faithful ones to manifest their worth. He took their pomp and he took their pride and he took their heart's delight and he took their kin and every friend and he even took their life. Behold, he's coming as a thief. So walk now in the light. For if you do, it will not overtake you. No, you're not of the night. Because all of those who watch for him are ready for his coming. We choose to trust in him. We must be steady in our running. That at the advent of our Lord, instead of fear and death, we'll shout a hallelujah song and enter into his rest. How our Lord appears to you. Have you thought about it well? Will you shout that hallelujah song? Or will the thief leave you with only hell? Abide in him. Confide in him with faith that does not fail. May you in him a crown do win with wind now in your sail. May this next year be bright and clear and follow Christ the Son. May you today with all men say, oh, even so. Lord, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. ahead of time we're thankful Lord that you've given us a hope a hope that saves a saving hope Lord we pray that this next year would be more dedicated be more diligent be more consecrated that every one of us here would pick up the pace that we would be faithful with the things that you've entrusted us that we would be ready if at any if at any moment your son could come back I pray that we would be ready that that day would not overtake us as a thief, that that we would walk in the light, even as you are in the light. We look forward to the, and with great expectation to your working over the next year. We ask that you'd be with each and every one of us. Also, Lord, I pray that you would bless the refreshments we're about to have, bless the time of fellowship that we're about to have with one another, and make this a memorable moment. Let us forge memories that... We're able to look back on strengthening memories. We're very thankful for brethren of like precious faith. We're thankful for this time you've given us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.